1: Well, you have heard of the State of the Union Address, the State of the State Address, and all of that. Today I'm going to be talking about the state of your mental health because this is May's Mental Health Month, um, Awareness Month, and um, I think we are all very much too much aware of the state of our mental health. Uh, but I'm going to help you by, first of all, helping you to figure out um, how you're feeling and why, and then giving you some tools for how to fix it. Uh, This has been, of course, we all know this has been a really rough year, uh, which is not really uh, stopping. You know, we talk about 2020 being a rough year, but uh, we're already pretty much, we're almost halfway into 2021, and this has been pretty tough, too. Uh, some same ways, some different ways. I mean, for example, we're still dealing with COVID, uh, just a little further down the line. And um, we are dealing with, you know, this whole unknown of uh, things reopening. And we're dealing with um, war in the Middle East and a bunch of other things that are, um, you know, not really helping the state of our mental health. So... First, let me tell you about something that I have been thinking about for a very long time. Um, but uh, let me well, let me tell you, there are three ways to look at the state of our mental health. I'm not going to give you necessarily a well. I'm not going to go spe- into specifics of the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual that is the dictionary for the American Psychiatric Association. But I'm going to give you three descriptions of ways to uh, look at how your mental health might be. In other words, um, three paradigms uh, for how you might, where you might see yourself. So the first one is what I call the Wally syndrome. And I will explain that in a minute. The second uh, paradigm is the reluctant re-entry syndrome. I um, created that with 10 symptoms. And then last but not least, it's just regular old plain garden variety depression. And in my opinion, we are a combination of all three of these assaults on our mental health. Okay. So now the first one, the Wally syndrome, and I am spelling that, um, w a l l dash e. Now, many of you probably remember the movie Wall-E. That's where this comes from. And Wall-E was a 2008 animated film, and uh, it was about the world. Um, you know what what would happen? It was it was a fantasy. Obviously, it was about what would happen. Not so much a fantasy anymore, but it was about what would happen if the world got covered in garbage. You know, we had uh, made so much trash that we couldn't live on Earth anymore, and we had to be transported to somewhere else. Now, this, I'm not bringing this up because of anything having to do with the environment. That's not what this is about. What I'm talking about is this one scene in the movie that has stuck with me since 2008, because it seemed very prophetic, it was unforgettable and prophetic. And I hope you remember this. Um, if you if you never saw the movie or if you don't remember this scene, I really suggest that you um, you know download it, um, that you find it somehow, and watch this because it really is important as a way of describing what we may well be turning into now. That is. That is the question. Are we turning into mindless, fat, lazy slobs predicted by the movie WALL-E? Um, so in this scene, uh, it shows people going around endlessly on a ride, um, uh, like a, a ride, like a Disneyland ride or, you know, any kind of a, um, a ride in, in that kind of a park. And the people, uh, it's endless because they haven't been able to return to the earth yet. And they are just circling. Like, you know the ride, uh, the teacups, or there are other, you know, um, other similar rides where you just, you sit in the ride and you go, you spin around, and um, endlessly. So, this movie showed people sitting in that kind of a ride, spinning around, and getting fatter, (laughs) Because they are constantly feeling, you know, at their fingertips, literally, is junk food. And they are constantly eating, you know, milkshakes and french fries and hamburgers and all of that. And at the same time, at their, um, on their teacup, you know, on their, where they're sitting, they have in front of them a screen, a television screen, it might be, or a computer screen. And say, so. They are constantly being entertained. In other words, they are endlessly being fed junk food, and they are endlessly being fed entertainment, and they are endlessly going around in circles. Now, what does that have to do with us? Well, we are turning. We with the lockdowns because of COVID, and with the money, the um, the money that the government has been sending out. Uh, that is making some people decide that they don't want to work anymore. They just want to sit home, eat, and watch television or work on their, you know, play on their computers. And it is just like the movie Wally. e um, You know, it's really because people are getting fatter and lazier. And I just read something that just, just before we started about how some airlines are planning on weighing people just like they weigh luggage. Um, and your cost, the cost of a ticket will be proportional to how much you weigh. Now, that might be a good thing in the sense that it might get people to lose weight. Uh, in any case, we need to, to look at why we are turning into uh, having the Wally syndrome. Now, there are some people who are more at risk of developing the Wally syndrome than others. These are people who um, feel less have given up, perhaps they had dreams before COVID and lockdown started, but they have given up on their dreams and they don't think it's worth it anymore to, um, to try, you know, if the world has just gotten too hard and people are getting canceled right and left. And, um, also there are other reasons why we might be turning into the Wally syndrome. For example, are you stuck in brain fog? Um, fear, hopelessness, and if so, we need to ask ourselves, why? Um, it seems like, you know, we have gotten, we've been conditioned, really. It's like a psychological experiment um, where we've been conditioned because we've been made to stay in our homes. So we've been conditioned to stay in our pajamas and, and just watch television or um You know, do something, just content content ourselves, um, do things to try to lower our stress level, which, you know, it is good if you were doing some things to lower your stress level, but there are some things to do that are better than others. And um, here's a question to ask yourself also. If we continue or if you continue living on an amusement ride like was shown in the Wally movie, would that shorten your lifespan? And the answer to that is yes, because clearly you would be getting fatter, you'd be getting no exercise, you'd be, uh, you know, your brain would be getting better and deader, which, you know, we have sort of had the beginning of this already now. Um, You know, some people are thinking that maybe jobs are overrated, and especially if they could just sit home and all they have to do is walk to the mailbox, once every two weeks or a week or a month or whatever it will turn out to be. Um, Now, clearly, clearly it is a challenge to reach for your dreams. Um, It is, you know, you have to deal with rejection. You have to deal with a lot of hard work, um, a lot of uh, uncertainty and all of that. But if that is gone, if you decide that it isn't worth it, to try so hard because you might not make it in the end, and or the world has changed and is it really that important to make these uh, accomplishments at this point? Um, You know, all of these things are questions that you might well be asking yourself, and um, of course my answer to this is yes, it can be a hard work overcoming obstacles, but it is certainly worth it. Because if we give up and just, uh, amuse ourselves to death and, and eat ourselves to death, you know, that's not what life, that's not what we're here for. Uh, you know, we are, if you have lost the meaning of life because, you know, and that has gotten harder to remember or to find because of the lockdowns and because of all the changes. It's not actually. It's also. It's not just the lockdowns. It's also the changes like the riots we have had during this past year, and that are um, clearly not going to be ending anytime soon. I mean, that is certainly discouraging. It's like this is not the world um, I grew up in, and I don't want to live in it. So things like uh, what's happening where people not saluting or, or singing the national anthem, uh, but kneeling. You know, that is not America. And there are a lot of people who have committed suicide, who have um, decided that it's not worth it to try to make it in this country anymore because the country has changed. Now, the other, the flip side of that, of course, which I recommend, <laughs> is um, instead of becoming more lazy, more Wally-like, it needs you. The world requires, demands, appreciates anybody who is fighting against this, fighting against this trend of events. You know the things that are happening in our country that we don't like. Um, now is the time that you need to be out there, working against these changes, and um, trying to to remember and to continue the uh, America's greatness. So, um, so this is one way of thinking of what has happened to our minds uh, during this past year plus that we are turning into Wally characters and having the Wally syndrome. Now, when we come back, um, I am going to talk to you about the other ways of looking at our what may have happened to our mental health. Um, the assault on our mental health and what we can do about those too. Um, so next I'm going to talk about the reluctant reentry syndrome, the 10 symptoms of that, and why, why the, they come about. And, um, and then you can decide if that fits the description <laughs> of how you're feeling as well. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. and welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about the state of America's mental health. Uh, this is a kind of report from the front lines, obviously, since, um, you know, as a psychiatrist, I am not only uh, aware of the mental health of my patients, who I'm still seeing by Zoom and by telephone, um, and hearing you know how they're reacting what problems uh they're having you know due to uh, the current the current climate of America, and I don't mean the temperature I don't mean the literal temperature in any case um so i'm i was I'm talking about this state of America's mental health using three paradigms three um, f- formats or ways of looking at something. The first one I just talked about was the Wally syndrome, which comes from the movie um, Wally, and um, I hope many of you remember um, this scene of the people on the ride uh, turning around endlessly and just getting fatter because of uh, eating junk food and watching television or the internet all day long. And, you know, that is what, when we've been mandated to be in lockdown, that's really what a lot of us have been doing. Now I'm going to look at it from a second, uh, way. And that is the reluctant reentry syndrome. And I'm talking, of course, about, uh, reentry into, um, the new normal, uh, whatever that is. So, you know, I think a lot of people expected, to feel um, excited and gleeful and, um, you know, like wanting to celebrate when we would finally be able to go out into the world um, without masks and without uh, staying six feet apart and just kind of getting back to whatever, whatever normal is going to be. Um, but as it's turning out, and I'm sure you might have observed this either in yourself, or your friends, or family, or neighbors, um, not everybody is ready to uh, is that excited about it. In fact, I compare it to um, being going to a pool and either standing on the dive board or um, holding on to the side of the pool. Either way, clinging (laughs) uh, to the board or to the side of the pool and not really being ready to jump in. There are a lot of uh, perks that we have been appreciating as much as there have been bad things, you know. um, There have also been perks. We don't have to fight the traffic to get into work, for example. Um, We don't have to waste the time that it takes to drive into work when we I'm talking about when we were in lockdown, um, we, um, we, <laughs> we had a great excuse for, uh, not seeing some people who we didn't want to see. Oh, I can't, can't leave my house. <laughs> um, and things like that. So, so, you know, it's, um, it's, it's like somebody giving a party and uh not, not everybody coming you know because because there are some th- some things that we have come to like, and i 'm going to be telling you about the ten symptoms of what I call reluctant reentry sy- syndrome, and you see um whether you're one of the people who is secretly saying not so fast because like you you almost feel like you have to say, Oh, this is great. We're getting to, you know, go out into society without our masks and we're getting back to normal. And you feel like um, if you don't say that, the people are going to think that you're not cool. Um, You know, what do you mean? You don't want to go back outside. What do you mean you, you know, but so it's like, really people aren't um, admitting this readily. That, that, you, that we have reluctant reentry syndrome. But here are the ten symptoms, and you think about how many of these you have. Okay, the first one is a vague discomfort about discovering what the new normal will turn out to be. You know, it's this catchphrase, the new normal. Oh, we're going to have the new normal. But <laughs> if you asked ten different people what the new normal is going to look like, you would get ten different descriptions. So that is scary. You know, it's like uh, am I going to like the new normal? Um, how, how close is it going to be to the old normal? So it's that sense of um, the unknown that is very uh, anxiety provoking. So vague discomfort, at least vague <laughs> discomfort about discovering what the new normal will turn out to be. The second symptom is dreading the pressure of FOMO F-O-M-O, which stands for Fear of Missing Out. So uh, you may have already begun to feel this because there are, you know, restaurants are opening up. I mean, of course, this depends upon where you live. I understand that people live, are listening to this from all over the world. So I know some of these things may be more relevant to you than others, but um, you, I think in, in many places... Certainly, restaurants are opening up, or at least outside dining. Um, then also, we, some movie theaters are opening up. Um, there's talk of, of some concerts coming, or, or another one was um, Broadway. There's talk of Broadway opening up. So, you know, when you hear about those things, for me, for example, when I hear about Broadway opening up, I think, oh, man, um, if that happens... I will have to get there, you know? And so there's the pressure of um, not wanting to miss out on things and not wanting to be left out. You know, what if all your friends are going to something and uh, and, and you don't want to be the one who says, well, no, <laughs> and I'm not saying that you shouldn't. Um, the bottom line for all of this is that everybody needs to make their own choices, whether it's about masks or about vaccines or about, um, you know, fear of missing out, going to things, you know, when you start to go to things. That should be an individual decision based upon what you're comfortable with. Then symptom number three is reluctance to get out of your comfy pajamas. (laughs) When women think about um, getting out of their comfy pajamas and putting on high heels, for example, to go to work... (laughs) high heels are not as comfy as either bare feet or, uh, you know, um, comfy little uh, slippers. So there's that. And certainly for men who, uh, whose jobs required before COVID required them to wear suits, they're not looking forward. Most men that I have spoken to are not really looking forward to Uh, having to get dressed in suits and ties and all of that again, when they were able to just sit at home and be, if not, um, you know, on, on Zoom, uh, you never know what's under, on the bottom. So they only had to worry about maybe they had to wear a tie and a shirt on top and a jacket even on top, but that wasn't the whole thing. So it's much more comfortable doing that than, um, you know, getting dressed up altogether whether you're a man or a woman. Then number four, symptom number four, not wanting to face the world after you've let yourself get fat and furry. Not wanting to face the world after you've let yourself get fat and furry. (laughs) Uh, You know, people are rushing to, some people are rushing to try to to, um, fix what they've let all, (laughs) they've let it all hang out. Now they're trying to get it back together. Um, and, you know, obviously you can't, you can't, uh, get, lose weight too quickly. You can certainly start. And that's a good thing just because besides appearances, it's a good thing because it's not healthy to get, um, really overweight. So, um, it would be good to try to, try to, uh, be more responsible, um, about that. And then number five is agoraphobia. Agoraphobia uh, means literally, phobia means fear, and agora means marketplace. So agoraphobia is literally fear of the marketplace. But what that means, and this agoraphobia has been around as a disorder way before COVID. So what it means is a fear of being in crowds. Now, you can certainly see how, now that we've been isolated um, in lockdown for so long, that um, that having um, all of a sudden going out and being in the midst of crowds... Uh, would be somewhat shocking to some, especially the more you isolated, the more shocking that this difference will be. Now it's not necessarily, I mean, people have fear of crowds for different reasons. Um, of course with COVID, you know, it has to do, we've been taught, right? We've been lectured to about uh, math, wearing masks, and, and not staying at least six feet apart, and all of that. And so there's, this, there's some fear related to that, to, to going uh, to crossing those barriers. But it's also a fear, and now, of course, with the riots of the past year plus, uh, there's a fear of being caught up in crowds. You know, you've seen um, on the Internet or on television, you've seen pictures of, of um, people sitting outside, dining outside of restaurants, and then being assaulted by rioters. Um, so, you know, that contributes to a fear of being in crowds. Um, but there's also a fear of being swallowed up by a crowd, like the sense that perhaps you would need help for something and the people wouldn't be able to hear you or see you or you you would just get literally swallowed up in the crowd. So that's number five. Then the sixth symptom of reluctant reentry syndrome is fear of catching COVID-19 because of new strains. Now that is, of course, a reasonable fear. Um, we don't know yet all the details of these new strains. I mean, we hear from time to time that such and such a strain is in New York or in California or coming from Brazil or coming from India or, you know. So really, um, and then p- people say, these so-called experts say, that uh, they think that the vaccine is going to protect you against these other variants, but they don't really know. And they're not they're not saying for 100% sure. They're not guaranteeing it so um it's reasonable to have some fear of uh, catching a new strain then number seven is dreading the awkwardness of reconnecting with friends, family, and colleagues. You know when we had masks on um, and we weren't able to see the uh, to see at least half of the person's face um, we and we were supposed to stand at least six feet apart. We got into this habit we got used to, um, sort of like distancing ourselves literally from people, but distancing ourselves emotionally from people. And you know what it feels like to be uh, to come into the first day of school, or what it's going to feel like to come into the first day of when your work open workplace opens up. Um, it's an awkward feeling. It's kind of like like when you were a kid and um, you came to school for the first day and you didn't know if the kids were going to like you or if you were going to be in the popular group or if kids were going to pick on you or bully you. Um, it was all very much unknown or how you were going to do um, in school, you know, and, and, and on tests and just just in general, all of the things. And so... There's a distance that has been formed. um, Even when we have been in contact with people on the telephone or Zoom um, or to some degree, you know, to some degree of in-person, but certainly not like the normal, the regular normal, the old normal, um, there's going to be that same, like, getting to know you thing that we have to go through. And... um, It's going to be awkward. I mean, there is no doubt about it that it is going to be awkward. Not that this isn't something that you can reconnect. I mean, and not to say that it's not going to be pleasurable to um, chat with your friends again in person or your family or your work colleagues. Um, You know, there's a lot of pleasure from that that you can get. It's just the awkwardness of um, how are people going to see me now? You know, (laughs) especially if you feel like... um, you don't look quite as good as you, as you looked before the uh, COVID lockdowns. And, you know, the truth is, I mean, if we're being honest here, which I always am um, and take pride in, um, even, just, even if you haven't let yourself get fat and fuzzy, <laughs> um, the stress, the stress of this whole year plus has taken a toll on every single one of us. Some of us more than others, and some of us it will show in different ways than others, but the stress has taken its toll. So, um, and we have to kind of see, um, appreciate in what way we might look different or act different, and then, of course, try to get back to our old selves unless we, unless we want to get into our new selves. Um, so that's number seven, the awkwardness. Number eight is no longer having the excuse of lockdown to explain why you don't have a partner. Perhaps you have been saying perhaps you're single or um, divorced or never married or, um, or perhaps you are married and you are planning on getting a divorce because, um, because more and more couples um, are calling divorce lawyers and getting divorces so perhaps you will be single soon, and um, you, you will no longer have the excuse of saying, "Well, I can't meet somebody because you know it's too dangerous uh, because of COVID," um, and or, or I can't go out of my house. Where am I going to go to meet somebody? Um, all of these things, these excuses, or even if you've been, some people have had relationships, so to speak, uh, with people on Zoom but then you have to deal with meeting them in person. Is it really a relationship? It's like if a tree falls in the forest and there's nobody there to hear it, does it make a sound? Um, Okay, then number nine is guilt over releasing your kids back into the scary world. If you have kids, you know that you have been hearing all kinds of opposing uh, viewpoints on whether it's good to let kids go back to school or not. I mean, it certainly is good psychologically, and it's certainly good um, uh, for their socialization and certainly good for their education. But now, you know, is it going to be good? Is it going to be too dangerous in the classrooms? And that's what we've been told. That's why uh, that's the excuse we've been given for why there hasn't been school in person. So now um, can we trust that it is safe? Well, I'm going to stop here, and when we come back, I will tell you what number 10 is. Number 10 is a good one. Um, They're all good. They're all relatable. So why don't you stay tuned, and I will come back and finish up Reluctant Reentry Syndrome and then talk about depression and then talk about more, like what has just happened this past weekend with the CDC saying we can take off our masks if we're vaccinated. So we'll talk about all that uh, when we come back. So stay tuned.
2: VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman.
1: And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking to you today about the state of America's mental health. And um, before the break, I was talking to you about uh, the 10 symptoms of reluctant reentry syndrome, and we're up to number 10. And that is realizing you don't want to go back to your old life, but not knowing how to reinvent yourself. Let me say that again: realizing you don't want to go back to your old life, but not knowing how to reinvent yourself. Now I don't know if you've um, felt this yet or not, but this is actually um, a, a very opportune time. Um, we have, not that we any of us chose this COVID or lockdown, but, um, but because of it, we have an opportunity now to, um, to reinvent ourselves we have an opportunity to look at our old life and decide whether we want to continue it, get back to it, you know, as quickly as we can, um, in whatever way we can, perhaps making accommodations, but basically getting back to our same life, our same job, our same, where we, our same city, um, our same hobbies, uh, our same friends and organizations that we belong to. Um, We need to look at every element of our life and ask ourselves, did I really miss that (laughs) during this lockdown? Um, Did I really miss, uh, you know, all of these meetings? Did I really miss um, this friend or that friend? Is that friend really my friend Um, or... Or are they, you know, toxic? Are they self-centered? Are they really thinking about them all the time? And they're not really a friend friend, a true friend. Um, These are the things, you know, Now, some people, of course, unfortunately, have lost their jobs. And in a way, it makes it a little easier for them to decide what job they want to go back to or not go back, but I mean, what job they, what they want for a job. Um, And... Some people have lost their businesses, unfortunately. It's really unfortunate because people generally who create a business generally spend uh, many years doing that and make many sacrifices. And maybe it's been lost because of COVID, because they had to lock down, or because there weren't enough people um, allowed to walk around to go to their business, you know, to buy things from their business. I mean, there's been a lot of I mean, from Macy's to um, uh, I mean, big stores like Macy's to smaller mom-and-pop stores that have been affected, sadly. But um, but again, this is an opportunity to rethink your goals in life, um, to think about whether what is really important. Perhaps maybe you've lost somebody during COVID um, and now you realize that it's more important for you to live near your family, closer to your family, because uh, life doesn't go on forever and you want to spend days, you know, especially if uh, some of the people in your family are older. It made you realize perhaps how uh, few precious years there are left, possibly not because they're going to die from COVID necessarily, but just in general, you know, as people get older. Um, and so, so maybe um, you you would give priority to um, living someplace closer to some family members. Um, then there are other, all kinds of other choices as well. Uh, you know, as I was talking about with the Wally syndrome, perhaps you've been spending countless hours binging on uh, Netflix or um, other television shows. And you kind of are waking up and realizing that, uh, you know, when, when we're in COVID lockdown, every day seems very similar to the next time. We, we've all had a tr- trouble. Um, with our sense of time has changed because um, the days are, each day is more like the other. And so there's a feeling that um, no time is going by. And then you suddenly wake up to look at what date it is, and a whole month has gone by. Um, And you know that by monthly bills that are due. and all of a sudden, it's time to pay that monthly bill. It's like, where did the month go? So uh, perhaps this will make you more aware of time and more aware of spending it being, being, um, we don't, you know, (laughs) we have a limited supply of time and money, but especially time. I mean, you can always, work harder or work smarter or get another degree or do something to get make more money. But there's nothing you can do well other than keeping yourself healthy, er <laughs> um, but there is nothing you can do to get more time. Um, to get a more number of years, except as I said, to to be much more careful about your health, which of course is super important. Um so so perhaps you know, some people are waking up to the idea of, wait a second, I just, uh, I just wasted a year and a half almost um, watching television or, you know, just sleeping or whatever. Um, and I don't want the rest of my life to, to be mindless like that. So um, so this is really, you can make these, this is the perfect time. and You may never get another time in your life to have this opportunity of switching gears and changing your priorities and making changes in your life according to your new priorities. So it is worth taking time, even though, you know, um, regardless of what your government, where you are, your mayor or governor or or president or um, is saying that you can do now, it is worth taking time to... Um, to figure that out for yourself, as far as uh, spending some time each day or spending an extra week, um, however you would do it best in thinking about this change of priorities, thinking about reinventing yourself, thinking about taking um, studying something different, perhaps you always wanted to be i don 't know uh, an x ray technician or a something in medicine um, you might not want to. Undertake, it might be a little hard for you to undertake the idea of going to medical school, but at this point, but um, certainly there are lots of careers being a physician's assistant, for example. Um, or maybe you wanted to do, um, maybe you wanted to write a book. Maybe you wanted to, um, you know, there's endless possibilities. And now is the time to search back in your memory of when you were a child. And, um, what you want, you know, when people would ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's so interesting and sad, actually, that kids, kids today, um, kids today are not being asked that as much because there's a kind of sense, and I think people aren't necessarily conscious of this, but, um, there's a sense of, um, and this has to do with post-traumatic stress disorder, a sense that life is going to be shorter than you thought it would be. So the idea of what do you want to be, it's almost like, um, you know, and also in this new landscape, it's like, uh, are there the same choices or does it pay to work that hard to be such and such? Um, so all of these things, you really have to take time. Give yourself the gift of time to think about what changes you want to make in your life in this new normal and what you have to do to get there. So what else? Um, The third paradigm that I talked about uh, that could describe the state of our mental health has to do with depression. Is it just plain old depression? Because some of the symptoms of reluctant reentry syndrome um, are similar to depression, like, like not being reluctant to get out of your comfy pajamas. When people are depressed, um, they usually want to um, stay in bed, you know, and they either want to stay in bed and they sleep more or they can't sleep and they have trouble sleeping. It's one extreme or the other. Same thing with eating. Um, Some people who are depressed eat a lot more than they usually eat. They they try to... um, try to fix their depression with food, you know, with the taste. Maybe this taste will make me happy. Uh, Or maybe if I fill my belly with food, I'll feel warmer and happier. Um, And, of course, there are people uh, who are feeling suicidal, who don't want to come out into this new world, who are afraid of what it's going to look like. Or even if it's not fear, it's just the idea of, of so many, so many things have been lost, and a lot of this has to do with cancel culture. Um, you know, could you imagine? No more Dr. Seuss books. I mean, there are some, but six of them at least have been have been um, canceled. Although there are tons of publishers who have been grabbing <laughs> at the uh, possibility, the chance to publish them. So I don't know that he's gone forever, or that those six books even are gone forever. But there are a lot of there are television shows that have been canceled. Monopoly, um, they're changing Monopoly. I mean, just things that we counted on, just as being comforts in life, and and as something that we could. Oh, even you know, okay. Let's say you're an adult. You know, you haven't played Monopoly in ages, but um, you might well have, as I do, very uh, happy memories of playing Monopoly. I used to play it with my cousin all the time. And, um, you know, just whatever these things are, certainly the whole idea of the national anthem and the flag and all of these things that are important, um, you know, a lot of people are thinking, um, I don't want to be alive in a country where we aren't, where we've lost pride in our flag and pride in our national anthem and all these things are being canceled and all these people are rioting the streets and you know, there is something to be said about that. Um, but again, the answer isn't to kill yourself. It's to, um, it's to join some organization or do what you can on your own to combat these forces. Um, masks. You know, this past weekend or, or right before the weekend, it was announced by the CDC that people who are vaccinated don't have to wear masks indoors or outdoors. And so this weekend, I was at a horse show. I was competing in a horse show. And by the way, I'm going to take this minute to uh, brag. <laughs> I got first place in an, in an eventing horse show, which is dressage and stadium jumping and cross-country jumping. And I have been working very hard for years to uh, to get first place. So, so, you know, that's an example of... Um, of something that that makes life worth living to have a goal, you know? Um, whatever your goal is and to then stre- st- st- try stress stress yeah. it and to then um, do what you have to do to to reach it, you know? And and there's a great satisfaction in that. So anyway, I was at this horse show and they had just said that people who um, are vaccinated don't have to wear masks. So most of the people at the horse show weren't wearing masks, especially, of course, because it was outdoors. But the people who were wearing masks got asked by complete strangers, huh, why are you wearing a mask? You must not have been vaccinated. And then they would go into a whole long um, diatribe about why the person should get vaccinated. And really what it has to do with is that they feel uh fearful for themselves you know they don't want to be around people who aren't vaccinated so they want everyone to be vaccinated but really this was a this was political just like everything with covid has been political um the telling us all of a sudden not to wear a mask where we've been hearing that you should wear a mask for most you know for months and months uh it's political it's to get people to um get the vaccine in other words it's like um an extra bonus the prize Um, you know, like you, like you can get a donut, you know, some stores will offer you prizes. If you buy this thing, you get this thing free, that kind of thing. So the idea is we're supposed to be sheep again, and we're supposed to run out and get the vaccine. And this time the prize is being able to not wear a mask, um, inside or outside, at least, I, it may be different where you are, but this is, this is what's been happening. Well, it's happening in America. That was CDC was for all of the country. But, um, but in any case, that's today that they're saying that. It might well go back to wearing masks all the time because, you know, if there's a new strain or whatever. But, I, I, you know, I've talked in previous shows about the politics of COVID. And you do need to, be, uh, to think about why, why all these things change and what the underlying reasons might be. Anyhow, um, I hope I've given you a lot to think about. You may not agree with me about everything, (laughs) but that's okay. Um, It's something that you can chat with your friends and family about and and, uh, have a nice discussion. Well, thank you for listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Stay well. Um, Think for yourself. Don't be a sheep. And, again, take this as a great opportunity to reinvent yourself.